It's my podcast. Change, change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course. Why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is September the 5th. Uh, if you are over here in North America, in Canada, uh, Toronto to be specific, uh, today is Labor Day. And uh, we just want to wish you a wonderful holiday for a lot of kids, uh, sorry, children. Uh, they're going to be going back to school soon. And when I say soon, I mean tomorrow. So if anybody else wants to hook up with me to have a celebration party now that your houses will be empty because your children are back at school, let me know. Uh, we can go somewhere and have like, I don't know, the keg something something big uh, we have toiled and labored throughout this summer uh, to make their time enjoyable and the reality is uh, we will be getting a little bit of a break even though we will miss them so anyways my name is Andre Anderson I'm both host and founder of BSTL and what does it stand for BSTL stands for building something that lasts and we talk about a lot of things uh, leadership uh, driven. Last week we had a great conversation about you not being alone as a leader, um, building support around you. And, you know, I just encourage you to go back and listen to some of these podcasts. I've been getting a lot of good feedback. And so I know we are beginning to build some good traction. And so today um, we want to talk about being part of the whole. And really it is a play on words, uh, whole meaning everything, but then also whole. Uh, we use that all often as a describer or a descriptive word uh, to talk about plugging in some of the holes, some of the gaps uh, where some of the leakage may happen in your organization as we all lead. And of course, leading now during this pandemic, um, I think it's a little bit more difficult. I think that it's a challenge. Um, we are not in person, some of us. Uh, some of us have been using Zoom and Teams for almost three years now, and the reality is it's not easy um, being able to lead that way. Um, but then also, it's a little bit more difficult because some of uh, you all have been hiring new individuals that you may or may not have met because you, um, you, you did the interview over the phone, you did it online. And really, you don't know who they are. You know what their resumes say, but you don't really know who they are. And so today, I thought we'd talk a little bit about this part of the whole thing uh, and maybe sharing some things that I've been doing um, for the last, I, I feel like, more than a decade. And, and of course, this thing uh, that I've been doing, uh, I have found that it works, and so I wanted to share it with you. And of course, on this platform... Uh, we're not trying to create secrets. We're trying to make sure that we're open and transparent, uh, which allows for you to be able to take some of these tools and put them in your toolbox and hopefully be able to be better um, at what you do. And of course, we don't have all of the answers, but we do have uh, some of the answers. So here we go. So one of the challenges I think that uh, leaders have, especially when you work uh, in an organization that is very diverse, meaning that there are multiple layers of leadership, multiple uh, departmental levels, is that it's not always easy to cast the vision or to get people to see uh, where you're going and how you're going to get there. 
Now, I know somebody's going to say, oh, that's really, really, really easy. All you have to do is cast the vision. And as long as your vision is clear and your mission is uh, clear and you've set up and developed uh, these objectives, everything should be smooth sailing. Can I just tell you, uh, if you've been able to do that in one shot, please send me an email. I'd love to learn from you, bstlinc 21 at gmail.com but that has not so far been my experience now I do want to say that the more I lead and the older I get and uh, you know the more that I read uh, of course um, the turnaround time or the the curve for learning and teaching uh, it's getting better because you know experience is a really great teacher but the reality is um, most leaders, especially younger leaders and leaders that are still trying to get a sense of where do they fit into the whole picture, it's not always easy to get everyone to come on board and to see how we're going to put the pieces of the puzzle together. So today I want to share a little bit about what I've been doing and hopefully this will be a blessing to you. So here's the thing, uh, if you lead in a context like mine that is uh, nonprofit uh, organization with uh, individuals that usually have other full-time jobs doing things um, in other spaces in their lives, not necessarily trained uh, with the same level of skill set that you do. Uh, at times, it can be a little bit tough, a little bit difficult, because, you know, when you work somewhere from Monday to Friday, if you don't get it on Monday or Tuesday, you may get it by Friday or you may get it sometime soon because the, the, the training and the turnaround for, for learning happens at a faster rate because you're doing the same thing over and over more consistently. So one of the challenges that I've often had is how do you uh, help individuals to be able to see what it is that you're trying to do when not everyone in the room thinks the same way or has the uh, same type of responsibility within the organization. So here's what I've been doing, and it has been working, um, but it takes a little bit more time, but it has been working. And so here's what I want to suggest um, for leaders that are having a hard time uh, getting people to see uh, the intersectionality of around what you're doing. Uh, they're having a hard time seeing the need for collaborating and working with people across the room. One of the things that I've discovered is you've got to partner and pair individuals together um, based on um, responsibilities that they may have that have some overlap. So what do I mean? Um, what you will find is in some circumstances, even though you, you may have multiple uh, departments uh, that are doing different things, maybe there's an emphasis that is placed on a different demograph, um, they, they, they don't always see how the two worlds come together. And so it is your job as a leader to say, is there a way for me to pair some departments together that have a similar uh, thrust or push behind them. They may not necessarily be focusing on the exact same thing. However, there is some overlap. What I've been doing is I've been reducing the amount of people that I place in the room at the same time. So it doesn't mean that you're not still going to have your monthly board meetings or your quarterly meetings, etc. No, you're still going to do all of that. But what you have to be able to do is identify different departments that have some overlap and you put them together and you have the broad conversation with them. 
Now, by reducing the size um, of this type of meeting, you have less people to kind of like massage your ideas with. Um, because if your organization is like mine, you sometimes have up to 15 people, 20 people in the room at any uh, particular time. And of course, uh, some of them are a little bit older, some of them are a little bit uh, younger, some of them understand strategic planning, some of them maybe not so much, they're learning and they're growing. And let me just say this, everybody has uh, the capacity to grow and to learn. But depending on the size of the meeting and how many people are in that space, it may be difficult um, for you to be able to help those that may be lagging um, behind a little bit, not because they're not intelligent, but because of the nature of how the room is, the dynamics of the room. And of course, you'll also notice that when you begin to have these conversations, those that get it fairly quickly they may begin to dominate the conversation in the room, so you may be actually leaving some people behind. So here's what I've been doing. I've been making these sizes, right? So we're talking about the holes. So this part is the H, uh, or sorry, the W-H-O-L-E portion of our conversation today. I've been taking the hole and reducing the size of those individuals into a smaller bite size um, so that I can have a conversation with less people for a longer or extended period of time. And of course, for those leaders that are doing this at another level, yes, I've got a storyboard. I've got um, how these different things connect. I've also tried to, in, 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 inclusive of that, um, show how these various pieces are coming together because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you are putting it into a smaller bite-sized piece to ensure that those that are in that space, they're going to get it a little bit better. Now, what I've discovered is by almost taking a step back and having a conversation with less people about the same big picture in a uh, transparent kind of way, it allows them to wrestle with one another about what these ideas and concepts and objectives are. And here's one of the things that I discovered recently, um, having had a training um, session with a, group, a few of these departmental lead, leaders, uh, one of the things that I discovered is that once we started having the conversation around what it is that we're trying to do and how we hope to uh, get there, one of the things that I made as an observation is, after a while, the conversation moved a little bit away from, here's what we have to get done, to how can we partner with one another. Oh, and that was one of uh, the absolute joys of this actual meeting because that was one of the objectives of the meeting, even though I may not have said it explicitly. I shared with them that here's where we're going. This is the direction. These are the five major areas. Here's how we hope to get there over the next year to uh, five, but here's how you all can work with one another. And of course, um, once we started having this conversation, you know, the other observation that I made was that they felt far less overwhelmed by what it is that we are hoping to do as an organization because they can now see how they can lean on one another um, and, and kind of support one another to the point where the work that they thought that they might have to do individually, they now realize I can do this with someone else. Now, the only way that this is going to happen is as leaders, we have to decide to be completely transparent 
We've got to tell them um, exactly what it is that we have in mind. And even though I never go into a meeting with a blank piece of paper, which is what I've discussed uh, in other conversations, the reality is, even though I've got something on a piece of paper that I hope will guide the conversation, I also leave a lot of room for feedback and contribution from those that are in the space. Remember, as a leader, when you go into a, into a room, you are usually pretty sure of what it is that you would like to see happen. You are clear on your objectives. You are clear on your way forward. However, that may not necessarily be uh, true for those that are now coming into the room for the very first time and hearing some of the concepts and ideas um, that you have been thinking about for quite some time, okay? Now, let me also pivot and say this to you. Uh, while I do believe um, in formal meetings, I'm slowly but surely um, losing patience for a formal setup. I like to have a, a space where people can move their chairs around and sit the way that they want to. Of course, you know, beverages and so on and so forth, if they would like to have it, some snacks and whatever, yes. But I find uh, that when you put people in this space to have these conversations about the way um, forward in these smaller settings, when you allow for a lot more flexibility, I have found that the meetings have become far more productive productive um, because it's almost like uh, friends are sitting having a conversation. So yes, I may be the lead in the room, um, but I don't come there with the posture of knowing everything. I come there with the posture of I'm going to help to facilitate in a conversation, but we will go as far into this conversation as you allow for based on the feedback. Now, here's the other thing that I also want to say, by reducing the numbers of individuals that are in the room to a smaller group of individuals who have some intersectionality in terms of what they're doing and what their contribution is, it makes it more difficult for individuals to hide behind those that talk a lot. And if I could encourage you by saying this, like you've got to find a way to massage the room in such a way that the dominant voices which you do need, they cannot always overwhelm those that do not speak as much. Now, it's not because um, you don't want to have both people in the room. Remember, I've already said this earlier in this conversation. You, you are going to have to have at some point both groups of people in the room, but when you reduce the size of individuals in the room, you're actually creating more of an opportunity um, for others who might not generally speak as much to say more because maybe it's a safer space. Now, let me also say this. By reducing the number of people that are in the room and training and developing them and helping them to see how ideas are mapped and created together, what you're also doing, um, unbeknownst to them, is you are developing leaders that may um, subsequently take your job one of these days. And let me just put the music with it. Bum, bum, bum. This is one of the struggles for a lot of us as leaders, right? Because we assume that we are going to be doing what we do until we no longer want to do it. But 
I think that if you are creating an environment by reducing these sizes and identifying individuals in the room that have a bend uh, towards leading and maybe even have a bend towards training and developing, and maybe they are even very good at creating the object lessons that you will talk about that will further cement and um, simplify the conversation, you should be also thinking about that simultaneously. So here, here's what I'm actually saying. While you are trying to cast the vision, and when I say the vision, not necessarily the way forward, but the way that we will work forward, working with smaller sizes of individuals, as leader, you've also got to be able to figure out how are we going to put some of these pieces together. Because here's what I've discovered, and now I'm going to give you one of the blind spots um, behind what may happen if you are not intentional to develop those that would be in the room is this. I am in a lot of meetings, um, probably more meetings than I would like to be at because um, at this current juncture of my leading, I do not have as many individuals trained and developing um, that are able to do some of what I'm doing right now. So let me also say this out loud. I'm not saying that individuals are not intelligent. Of course, brilliant minds that are in the room. But remember, every organizational structure looks different based on the context and the culture to which you are working within. Now, here's the other piece to this. And I know not all leaders agree with me this kind of way. Um, because when we talk about uh, reducing the size of people, uh, some leaders have a tendency of maybe even making that number even smaller. And they like to do a lot of one-on-ones. And there's nothing wrong with the one-on-ones. The only problem is, is that when you begin to pour into one person on their own, uh, perhaps in isolation, you run the risk of creating an environment where that one person, because they're learning directly from you as the lead and maybe learning at a faster rate because they don't have to compete with anybody else in the room, you may also be creating um, a culture where others begin to envy those that have access to the lead who really has access to most of the information and understanding of the organization. So this model that I have been creating for, and it's not new to me, right? So when I talk about intersectionality, I didn't come up with that term. Um, But the implementation of it in my context, I've been really intentional uh, to try and do this at least for the last decade because I recognize that when you are developing your leadership team and you're trying to create this whole picture, W-H-O-L-E, whole picture, you've got to make sure that you're giving each, um, call them a cohort if you want to, an opportunity to learn together at the same time. Now, the thing is, and we will talk about this probably in about two seasons from now, um, we're, we're almost encroaching on what should mentorship look like. I'm not talking about mentorship in this conversation per se. I'm talking about the dissemination of how information is shared uh, from group to group to ensure that we see how we can work together and we can see what working together looks like. Now, Let's talk a little bit about the whole before we wrap this podcast down for today, this episode. The challenge is that some of us as leaders are reluctant to create a different way of leading and how information is shared 
But long term, if change doesn't happen, we will see that there will become this hole that you may not plug if it gets too big. Now, if I'm, I'm now talking not so much about the W-H-O-L-E, I'm now actually talking about the H-O-L-E. Because remember, the reason why you're having some of these strategic conversations in the organization that you have is because you do have a hole. You do have something that is usually not working so well. And even if it is working well, you're trying to move further and broaden your base and do more. And so therefore, you're meeting uh, because you want to make sure that there are no blind spots in what it is that you are doing. So what am I actually saying to us? As leaders, if you are unable to get the information out and shared in such a way that larger groups um, can understand it, don't be afraid to reduce and divide. And when I say divide, I don't mean being divisive. I just mean uh, reducing the numbers of individuals that are in the room. Now, there's there's this book that I read, and I'm going to talk about it in, in another episode, not today, but there's this book, um, uh, Collaborate or Perish, I believe that's what it's called. I don't remember the author's name as I'm sitting here. Uh, but the reality is, um, I, I really can see the way forward for leading is this collaborative piece. And it doesn't mean that every single person is an expert that is in the room on that specific conversation. But what it does mean is that when you put people in the room that are not necessarily hardwired um, towards thinking and processing and engaging and developing and moving things in, in a similar kind of way, by putting them in the room together, what you will also make as an observation, you know, if you do it well, is that people can have a great idea about something that they don't necessarily know about as long as we are clear in communicating that information. So you have to let people know. I mean, as leaders, sometimes we don't want to share the news because we don't want to be the grim reapers of the office. We don't want to say things that will reduce morale and have people frustrated and or nervous or even annoyed. But the only way that you can do that is by having a posture that is always towards transparency. When we are transparent, then no one can say that they didn't know. And along with the transparency, we have to uh, set up training and development and uh, conversations that are extremely organic so that after we've talked about what happens if things don't change or happen well, we now have to move immediately into what are we going to do to plug this hole, H-O-L-E, so that we can impact the organization on a whole, H or W-H-O-L-E, we've got to find a way to do so. And let me just say this, to leaders that are like, oh my goodness, this is one more thing that I've got to do. I do share your pain. I completely share your pain. And if you are unable to do this um, on your own because of whatever the skill sets may, may be that you do have or don't have, then don't be afraid to bring somebody in that can really have these conversations within your organization because as a leader, you don't have to do everything. It's not a requirement that you know how to do everything, but what you do have to know how to do is tap out if you are unable to do the thing that is required to move the organization forward. So all I wanted to tell you today is that we've got to change the way that we look at the organization 
as a whole so that we can plug some of these holes because I think that if we start doing things in smaller sizes and showing people the intersectionality of the conversations that need to happen to make, um, even on the grassroots level, things a lot stronger and more coherent, I do believe that long-term we will have organizations that can survive anything, including this pandemic. Oh, it's been good to have you guys tune in again. Thank you so much. Um, please remember to subscribe, um, share, and like. Whether you go on RSS or you go on Amazon Music or you go on Spotify, please go ahead and listen to this and share it with somebody. And if you want to just say something to me, bstlinc21 at gmail.com, I'd love to come out and talk with your organization because we are growing together. Have a wonderful Labor Day, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Have a fantastic evening. Again, I'm Andre, both host and founder of BSTL. Hi, everybody. This is The Recap, and there's just five short takeaways today from our conversation in this uh, episode of BSTL. Number one, reduce the whole size of the group, W-H-O-L-E, to create a smaller whole, H-O-L-E, so that there's less bleeding that happens in your organization. Number two, partner and pair with individuals or departments together with responsibilities that may have overlap. Number three, create an informal conversational setting that allows for all voices to be heard. Number four, don't be afraid to cast the vision to empower future leaders that may someday replace you. And finally, number five, a posture of transparency for training and development allows you to plug the H-O-L-E, the whole, for the whole organization. H- <laughs> I think you got it.